Hello and welcome to On The Left Side, the alternative football show. I'm Jim. If you like what you hear in this funny little football podcast, then please subscribe so we can get next week's show to you as soon as it's cooked. Over the last few weeks, we've seen Manchester City become the first ever English club to secure a sleeve sponsor, as Nexon Tyres parted with a heap load of cash for the honour of gracing their upper arms next season. But this dawn of new football sponsorship is only the tip of the iceberg. In Brazil this week, we saw a team take to the field of play with not only their supermarket sponsor name on their shirts, but also their special offers. Syria D team Fleur de Ferra replaced their players' names and numbers with products and prices. For example, striker Fernando Sobral, who usually sports the number 10 shirt, instead wore the number 10.98 shirt. That's 10 Brazilian reals and 98 cents, with letters spelling out the word pizza instead of his family name. Personally, I'm not sure the phrase he's a goal-scoring number 10.98 is ever really going to catch on, is it? It's time to face it. Commercialisation is seeping into every part of the game. It's only a matter of time before this kind of thing creeps into the Premier League and we end up with something like this. And now it's Gabriel Hines baked beans. He's moving the ball out of the back to David Beck, ham and chicken pie. Crossfield now to Seamus Coleman's mustard who is flying upfield as quickly as it's flying off the shelves right now. He pulls it back. And it's in for Christian Benteke Fried Chicken. He's popped it into the onion bag, containing three onions for only 47p all this week at Frozen Farm Stores. Incredible! Well then, what's coming up on this week's show? There's strange goings on at the Emirates. There's stranger goings on in a Liverpool nightclub. And there's really really strange goings-on in the Spanish League. But first, shocking goings-on in Germany. On Wednesday night this week, the world of football stopped in its tracks as shocking news broke from Dortmund, where local club Borussia were preparing for their Champions League clash against Monaco. There have been three explosions near the team bus carrying the German football side Borussia Dortmund on their way to their home stadium. Information at the time was scarce. We still don't really know the full story, but everyone is relieved that no one was seriously hurt in what is thought to be a terrorist attack on the team bus. Maybe that's what convinced Jose Mourinho not to park his bus in front of the Stamford Bridge goal this weekend. On this show, we like to make a joke out of football. Players, managers, fans, no one gets away scot-free. And we often take a bit of a cynical view of the whole thing. But this attack, as terrible as it was, at the same time, kind of restored my faith in football. Our TVs, our news channels, internet, it's all constantly full of stories about greedy agents, brawling fans, moaning managers and cheating players. But this incident, as stuff like this very often does, drew the best from the sport. When the news broke of the attack and the resulting 24-hour delay to the game, the Monaco fans gathered inside the stadium spontaneously honoured their opposition by chanting their team's name. It's a nice gesture, but it was really the Dortmund fans themselves that showed their class. On a night when you would have forgiven every single person in that city from barricading their homes, they opened their doors to complete strangers. The hashtag, Beds for Away Fans, trended on Twitter, which offered stranded Monaco fans with no place to stay a bed for the night as they waited for the game to be played. Nicely done, guys. 
The clash shown by the fans was duplicated by the management and playing staff as well, who not only went on to contribute to a thrilling game of Champions League football that they would have rather seen postponed, but they also gave some incredibly honest interviews after the match about the events that preceded it. I just take care about, about my guys and about my stuff. And so if you want to talk about it, talk. If you want to be silent, be silent. If you need a hug, I hug you. That is Dortmund manager Thomas Tuchel talking to Visat Football. We are not in the best shape, not focused enough for football. And shit, I mean, shit happens, shit happens. I mean, it, can't get, it couldn't get worse. So. Shit fucking happens. How cool is this dude? He's just been on a bus that's been bombed and he's showing more composure than I show when my brew hasn't got enough milk in it. Speaking of which... Oi, oh, you, you, call this a cup of tea. What, there's a cow on strike or something? Sort it out! Dortmund's star midfielder Nuri Sahin also faced the cameras and spoke about his experiences that night. Until I was on the pitch in the second half, I didn't think about football, to be honest. I know football is very important. We love football. Uh, we suffer with football. We love football. And uh, I know we earn a lot of money. We have a privileged life. But we are human beings and... Uh, there is so much more than football in this world and uh, yeah, last night we, we felt it. And there we have it. With all the nonsense that goes around football, it's sometimes easy to forget there really are more important things in life. And for a moment last week we forgot that our striker can't score goals or our ticket prices are too high or even the colour of the shirts we wear. And we worried about the people that were involved. And that, if anything, it's got to be a good thing. Now, let's get back to taking the piss. I woke up to a back page headline that I thought I'd never see this week. As on Tuesday, the Daily Mail announced, Fans want Wenger sacked. Fuck me. Kept that quiet, didn't they? I thought everything was just rosy at the Emirates Stadium this season. And then you go and drop that bombshell. Someone should have warned us. The slow on the update tabloids aside, the voices demanding Arsene Wenger goes on his merry way got a little bit louder at the start of this week as Wenger's gunners were humiliated by Crystal Palace. Normally at this stage I'd just go and play a few clips from the people on Arsenal TV inexplicably shouting and throffing at the mouth, but I've been told by the on the left side producer I'm not allowed to do that this week, mainly because everybody has seen it already. Nowadays, the second a goal goes in against Wenger's team, the viewing figures for Robbie and Co on Arsenal TV go through the roof. Forget £100 million Premier League TV deals, it's those boys who should be raking in that amount of cash. They get better viewing figures than the World Cup final. What I find most amusing about this whole situation is the sheer determination and, let's be fair, utter insanity of the people that are demanding that Arsene Wenger isn't given a new contract. It's ridiculous, from public demonstrations to protest planes to fans recording songs like this. It's time for you to leave right now. Our future's looking bleaker and bleaker. It's time for you to leave right now. Go and manage Costa Rica. Please just leave right now. No gooner wants Surely, to if a grown man has been driven to do that, then the situation must be terminal. My favourite sign of unrest so far was actually during the Palace game itself when the Sky cameras focused on one man in the crowd, proudly holding aloft an A4 piece of paper with Wenger out written on it. 
I can only imagine what was going on in Arsene Wenger's brain when he caught sight of that. No, the angry fans, the disinterested players, and the terrible results are one thing, we. But now this man with a clappy homemade banner? How can I sign contract? The Palace game was a bit of a turning point though. For the first time, it was the players who came in for as much criticism as the manager with chants of you're not fit to wear the shirt echoing around the stands. Surely that means when stand-in captain Theo Walcott faced the TV cameras after the game, he'd stand up for the team. He'd give a good reason for the hammering and reply to his critics. When you hear them singing, you're not fit to wear the shirt, is it difficult to argue with? Obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion there. You know, we haven't got a problem with that. You know, I think they just wanted it more. All we can do is apologise for that performance tonight. I'm, I'm not sure all you can do is apologise, Theo. How about training harder? How about pulling together? How about just wanting it more if that's what's so important than actual tactics or ability or justifying your massive wages? On the basis that wanting it more is the most important factor, then my mate Fat Baz should be playing for Arsenal. Hello. He wants it more than anybody, but he also wants pie. A lot. How about the man at the centre of this shitstorm? Arsene Wenger. How much did he want it? My target is to keep all the fans happy. Uh, that's that's uh, always what I try to do. To be fair to the man, he is making fans happy. Just not Arsenal fans. He's making them bloody miserable. But everyone else is loving it. I certainly wouldn't be putting any money on him announcing his new contract anytime this week. Let's leave the final comment on the subject to a proper pundit. Sky Sports' Jamie Carragher, who has his own unique view on why Arsenal aren't living up to their expectations. They're a team of sunny moors. But what father would want his daughter to be one of them on? I don't really speak Scouse, so I'm not entirely sure what he means by a team of son-in-laws. Does he mean they're too nice? Does he mean they buy you flowers on your birthday? Does he mean that you always think you could do slightly better? What I think he means is you pretend to be nice to their face while secretly hating them because deep down, you know they are banging your daughter. That has to be what he means because one thing is certain, there are a fair few people getting fucked at Arsenal right now. The highlight of the week for me was the news that former Arsenal defender Tony Adams had been signed up to manage Spanish La Liga team Granada. Just to be clear, that's Granada, who are currently in the Spanish top tier of football. This isn't some kind of charity soccer aid thing or anything like that. He's actually been given the job. I don't know if it's the success seen by the likes of David Moyes and Gary Neville in the Spanish league that's prompted them to go for Adams, or if it's his brief spell at Azerbaijani club Gabala FK that's convinced them. But one thing is certain, this is going to be entertaining. I, for one, am particularly looking forward to hearing Adams trying to speak Spanish at a press conference very soon. Certainly he didn't disappoint in the media stakes when he appeared in front of the Spanish press for the very first time. I'm going to kick some players' ass. I'm going to try my best that I can do with my 40 years of experience in football to keep the ball out of one end and stick it in the other. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Ari Redknapp would call a proper football man. Going abroad and kicking the asses of those lazy siesta-taking Spanish lot. However, I am quite impressed with his 40 years of football experience. There aren't many 50-year-olds that can claim that. If only more managers remembered to include playing Sabutio on their CVs. 
Reports are that Tone has already got Nigel Riococa and Kieran Richardson on trial for the club, maybe in an attempt to create some sort of sunshine timeshare for ex-Aston Villa players, and certainly to help ensure that Granada never win another game again. Clearly, Adams' secret mission is to make Arsenal fans feel not quite so bad about how shit life is in North London by losing every single game he manages 10-0 for the rest of the season. But it's really Adams' ex-teammate Paul Merson that I feel sorry for. He couldn't even believe that Marco Silva, a foreigner, had been given the job at Hull City. And I imagine somewhere in a dark room he's currently rocking back and forth trying to make sense of this unholy mess. Yeah, I just don't get it, Jeff. Tony isn't Spanish. He doesn't want to eat any of that Spanish muck. He don't even speak foreign. Ross Barkley didn't make the shortlist for the PFA Player of the Year this season. And to be honest, given his recent showings on CCTV, he won't be making any appearances in the shortlist for the WWF Player of the Year either. Footage of Barkley in a nightclub showed the Everton midfielder being caught with a sucker punch from an unidentified attacker and hitting the deck. When Everton boss Ronald Koeman was quizzed on the attack, he gave a typically frank answer. He didn't drink, he was driving. And okay, if you met that people, then, then there can happen something. And maybe that's the reason that I live uh, outside of uh, the town. Nice. You've got Jurgen Klopp claiming that his favourite band are the Beatles and generally charming the pants off the red half of the sea, whilst Ronnie is busy calling all Scousers violent thugs on the blue half. He may as well have just said this. I don't like to drive my car to the training ground in case it gets put up on bricks. But at least I have a job. Unlike you lot, eh? And it's no good telling them to calm down either. They ate that. Coleman was being equally candid this week when he was talking about Barkley's future at the club, telling the player he needs to sign a new contract or leave. Two possibilities. One is sign that contract. If you don't sign the contract, then uh, we need to sell the player. Yes, brutal. But on the other hand, that does tend to be how it works. Players without contracts, in general, leave the club. I mean, if you're hanging around a football ground without a professional player's contract, you're not a player, you're a stalker. The nightclub punch incident is currently being investigated by police, who apparently are looking for a guy with a bit of a temper who has connections to Merseyside. Now, I don't want to point any fingers, but maybe they should cast an ear over last week's show. Just watch yourself and you may get a, get a slap even though you're a woman. <laughs> Right, that's it for your weekly dose of alternative football show. Thank you very much for listening. Please, if you like what you hear, then leave us a review on iTunes and more importantly, tell all your friends about the show. I'm off to put a fiver on Tony Adams trying to sign Jolene Lescott, Stephen Ireland and Darius Vassell for Granada because that's full time. Adios! On the left side is a paint your headphones. <laughs> Douche. On the Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production for Abrupt Audio and is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. If you like our funny little football show, then why not try another funny podcast from the Abrupt Audio stables? This is a sample of Get Happy. Hold your hands out like this, like you're holding two milkshakes. Okay, so can people try this if they're listening? Yeah. yeah, okay, so if you're listening, you're holding two milkshakes in front of your body. As long as they're not hands. driving. If you're driving, don't. Don't hold the steering wheel. Nah. Uh, come on, how are you going to do that? Right? And what we're going to do is we're going to pour one cup 
of milkshake laughter into the other cup, right? So you've got to laugh as you pour, just like this, right? <laughs> Can I just explain for those listeners? All she's doing is pretending she's pouring one thing into another glass and just hysterically laughing. So let me get this right. So you paid someone to say, let's pour a milk. It could be anything. Let's chop the laughter watermelon. That is another one. Genuinely. <laughs> 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 That's how you do it. But you could choose anything. Come on, let's do it. La- Come on, milkshake laughter. Hold your hands out. Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. All right, well done. Okay. Oh, don't. <laughs> That's Get Happy on iTunes Now, the show that will make you a little bit happier.